0: Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of The Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode unpacks a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Hello, entrepreneurs, and welcome to another episode of The Eternal Entrepreneur. My name is Joe Newton, and as most of you know, I'm a co-host here at The Eternal Entrepreneur. And today, we are going to continue in a series that I started on my last lunch break, talking about the importance of identifying a niche and defining an ideal client. Now, hopefully you've listened to the last episode, but just to give a quick recap, I talked about the importance of defining a niche or choosing an ideal client. And I gave four reasons why it's really important that you do this and what happens if you don't. And these are just four. There are more than this, but my top four are these. Number one, it becomes so much harder to systematize and scale your business if you don't have a niche or an ideal client. And the reason for that is because you can be servicing 38 different product lines or 18 different client types, you're doing multiple different types of projects, and for you to systematize and scale that, you're gonna have to create 18 different systems for each of those. Even though most of those, maybe it's 16 of them, you only do maybe once, twice a year. So number one, it becomes much harder to systematize and scale. The second reason that you want to do this is because if you don't, you will continue to waste your time. Yeah, I'm going to say waste your time on clients, products, offerings that don't return a high refund on their, their value. So you might have a really needy client. Maybe you, as a realtor, you are working a lot with first-time buyers which are great and be, can become a good niche but they take a lot more time you have to spend more time educating them you have to spend more time showing them homes because they're not confident they've never been through this before they 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 have that that fomo that fear of missing out on the next property so you might be spending a ton of time on them but you've got a handful of clients who are selling their second third fourth home going to the next one they've been through the process they know how it goes So one, you're getting a lot more from them because you're working both sides. Two, you also don't have to spend as much time educating them. So in that example, what what we see is that if you don't have a niche or an ideal client, you can end up bleeding your resources on a a multitude of clients that don't give the same return and even enjoyment or fulfillment as a, a defined ideal client or niche would. My number three Reason um, that cost you for for not choosing one is the effectiveness of your marketing, and I think this is a really big one because uh, Garrison Keeler, he's a an old radio host. He used to have this saying that an open invitation is no invitation at all, and this this fits perfectly for for marketing and defining your your niche and ideal client. Because if you're telling everyone, I can do everything, I can help you with all of the areas of your life, yes, I can help you with your finances, I can help you with your home, I can help you with your children. You're not gonna have that cog in their brain as an expert of anything. And you're not going to to be the first in mind of, oh, they are excellent in X, Y, or Z. I call them. You're just gonna get bled into the background of of all of the marketing that is continuing to hit us, whether it's from Facebook, Instagram, TV. You'll just get faded in, and so the effective effectiveness of your marketing is just not there when you're trying to speak to everyone instead of one specific ideal client. And then the number four, it kind of sums up all of these, is profits. Your profits get hurt when you're not able to systematize and scale your business, when you're not able to focus and serve one clientele really well, when you're not able to market to and articulate your value to a specific client, you lose profits, bottom line, literally and figuratively, at the end of the day. So that's a quick recap from, from last time of what some of the costs are of not choosing a niche and defining an ideal client. Today, and in the next episode or so, I wanna give you a simple method to walk through to begin to help you get more and more clear on who your ideal client is, the problem or struggle that they're dealing with, the transformation that you can bring to them, and how you can serve them best. Okay, so today what I want you to do is take out a piece of paper. And I want you to make it into four quadrants, or if it's easier, you can pull out four pieces of paper or two pieces of paper (laughs) front and back, whatever's easiest for you, but you're going to need four sections to write in. And I'm going to ask you a handful of questions, and for each question, I just want you to do a brain dump. Remember, this is an exercise we're going through that we don't have to make a definitive decision today. This is getting things on paper so that now you can make an intentional decision. So to start off, in the first quadrant or the first piece of paper, I want to talk about who your ideal client is not. Many times, it's a lot easier for us to say who our ideal client is not than it is for us to say who they are. So when we're talking about who our ideal client is not, I'm I'm going to give you an example here. So last time, I, I talked about a past client of mine who was a home remodeler. So I'm just going to use a remodeler as an example here just to stay on theme. So for a remodeler, the ideal client is not. Start with the biggest, easiest, most clearest answer. For them, it would probably be, is not someone who can't pay for my services. So that's an easy one. So can't pay for my services. They're not my ideal client. Uh, Maybe there's a specific range that you want to go in. So my ideal client is not located three hours away or one hour away. My ideal client is not someone who is renting their home. My ideal client is not someone who doesn't appreciate uh, work. My ideal client is not someone who has an anger problem. Whatever that is, just begin to think to yourself. Ask yourself, again, start with those things that seem obvious to you. Write those down. That's going to get your brain started. And, and then go down to those more specific things as they come to you. My my ideal client is not someone who is working all the time and doesn't have the ability to communicate with me uh, on choosing offerings. Uh, so that's a, a way more specific one than my ideal client is not someone who can not pay. All right, so that's that's our first section. And you can pause it here and go through that if you want, or you can come back and, and listen to it later. But our next quadrant here is, who is your ideal client? And, and for this, I want you to get really specific and try to use their own words. How would they describe themselves? So not necessarily how you would describe your ideal client, but how would they describe themselves? So maybe for the the remodeler, the ideal client would describe themselves as having um, cash on hand, having savings to do a specific job. Maybe they would describe themselves as empty nesters. Maybe they would describe themselves as someone who really values creating a space that facilitates, maybe they wouldn't use the word facilitates, but uh, really value having a space that their family can gather in. Um, so there, there, there's, there. and if you need to start off by just writing out, you know, first thing that comes to your mind, that's awesome. But I really want to push you here to to begin to ask yourself, okay, my ideal client, I know who they are. How would they describe themselves? If they're speaking to me or if they're speaking to a family member or a close friend. how, how would they describe themselves and their situation? Or maybe even how would they begin to describe um, what they're looking for? So that's box two. Who is your ideal client in their own words and how do they describe themselves? Now, let's move on to our other two boxes. And in these boxes, I wanna speak to you about where does your ideal client spend their time or where do they hang out? And this is gonna help us in a couple of different ways. So one, it's gonna help us with marketing. We're gonna know where to spend our efforts. We're gonna know that our ideal client spends a lot of time on Facebook. But we also know that they spend absolutely no time on Pinterest or Myspace, (laughs) but this is gonna give us an idea of knowing, hey, we need to not spend money on the physical paper, and we do need to spend it on this social media platform. Or maybe it's the opposite. If you have an older client recognizing to yourself, okay, hey, they're not gonna be on TikTok, they're not gonna be using Instagram, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time putting really pretty pictures up on Instagram, but for some of them, we need to specifically get a targeted Facebook ad, or for some, our ideal client might still be reading the morning newspaper, so we actually would be a case where we're taking out ads there. So it's gonna really help us with, with our marketing. The other place this is gonna help us could be in very specific situations like knowing when to say no to some opportunities. The example that, that comes to mind is if you are purchasing a physical space for an offering, say a specialty coffee shop, you're wanting to open a specialty coffee shop and you know that your ideal client, in their own words, would say, yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm a someone who is starting a new profession. I've just moved to the city. I love that lifestyle of being able to walk to everything. I like walking to the store, I like walking to my local coffee shop. I like community. I'm someone who loves community and I want that in my physical surroundings. I wanna be able to actually connect with people in my close community. You know that's who your ideal client is, how they describe themselves. It is a big value for them to have that coffee shop you wanna open within walking distance of where they live. Now, you're looking for coffee shops, you're looking for locations, and your realtor comes to you and says, hey, I've got an amazing, amazing space. You go, you see it, you're like, this checks every box. There was a coffee shop here before that they actually left some of their equipment. Their designer was pretty good, so we're not gonna have to spend a ton of money updating the design and, and the look. We can just do a couple of things to give it our own spin. Like, this is a great space, and, and to boot, it's within 10 minutes of my drive uh, from from my own house. So when I'm starting off and I'm first managing this, it's, it's gonna be super close to where I live. So it checks so many boxes. It's even cheap. You don't have to spend a ton of money on rent every month, which is huge if you're opening a coffee shop, just for those of you who don't know. So it checks so many boxes. It feels right. The Lord has sent this coffee shop to me. But you take a second, you go back to this exercise, and you remember that your ideal client is someone who values their coffee shop being within walking distance. They don't hang out in the suburbs, and this technically is just on the cusp of the suburbs. You you most likely have to have a car to get to this location. So that's going to make it easy for you and help you in making that big decision to know, okay, my ideal client is not someone who hangs out in the suburbs, I need to say no to this thing that seems amazing, but would be a distraction. And I need to keep looking and find that location that if you're here in Dallas, it's in Uptown, it's in Lower Greenville, it's in Oak Lawn. It's one of those communities that is built around walking to the, the, the attractions. Okay, so in our next quadrant or box, Let's start off with where does your ideal client not hang out? Where do they not spend their time? And again, as I say again, 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 (laughs) start off with those things that are the easy wins for you just to get your brain going, okay? My ideal client does not hang out at the club at 3 a.m. in the morning. My ideal client does not spend a lot of time in their car. My ideal client does not spend a lot of time on Pinterest, or my ideal client does not spend a lot of time on Snapchat, or TikTok, or reading blogs about cats. Whatever those easy wins are, and then get more specific. Where does your ideal client not hang out? Where do they not spend your time? And then when you finish with that, go into our next box and you've probably already guessed it, where does my ideal client hang out? Where do they spend a majority of their time? Do they spend their time with friends? Uh, If they have a family, maybe they spend a lot of time engaging in activities like soccer games, or they're at their kid's school a lot, or they're at different activities that involve kids at gymnastics or soccer. Where do they hang out? Where do they spend their time? Do they spend a lot of time on Pinterest? Are they someone who's on Facebook? Because that's really polarizing right now. I heard someone call it a boomer book the other day. So if they're a younger segment... Uh, They might not spend a ton of time on Facebook. Even if they have a Facebook profile, that might not be the place that they go to consistently and spend their time. So you're gonna know, hey, I need to put my ads into Instagram. I need to put my ads into TikTok. I need to put my ads someplace else. Or maybe they don't hang out on the internet a lot. I need to go and find out those physical places that they're spending time. And maybe it's a networking thing. So... Where does your ideal client hang out? Where do they spend their time? Okay, entrepreneurs. I know today we've gotten super practical, and this was not like some of our our usual lunch breaks, but I hope this is helpful going through this process and asking yourself these questions. One box that, that I would add on that we've talked to in the past about is knowing what God has and hasn't said about your ideal client. So start off with these. It's a really good idea. Go for the easy win. Leverage the Lord. Before you start, be like, Father, will you tell me where did my ideal client not hang out? Who is my ideal client? How would they describe themselves? Where are they not spending their time? Where are they spending their time? Father, what do you want to tell me about each of these? And you're going to be surprised about what you hear. And don't judge it. Again, with all of this, whether it's hearing from yourself or hearing from the Lord, don't judge what you hear. Just write it down. And after you've brain dumped, after you've put everything out there that you think you're hearing, then go back. After a day, I I highly recommend, at least give it a day. Write it all out and then come back to this the next day or the next week then review it and say, okay, what of this can I adjust? What of this, as it's kind of stewed in my brain over the last week, can, can I change? Or how can I now begin to get even more specific with some of these categories? All right, entrepreneurs, I hope this was helpful again. And uh, we're going to have one or two more of these episodes uh, that are coming from me. And then we're going to jump into some real heart motivations coming up. Uh, We're going to have an announcement. Uh, You might have even already heard it, but we're we're going to be changing our format just a little bit, and we're going to be getting more and more specific with what we feel like God's encouraging us to, to focus on. So hopefully it'll be even more valuable to you. Until next time, have an amazing week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.